0: sign.
1: you put your hands together for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and give his name the praise. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. Therefore, we ought to bless the Lord at all times and his praise should continually be in our mouths. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. 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 It is such a wonderful privilege for us to be able to gather into the house of the Lord one more time. In fact, we just want to say a special word of affirmation for the the father and daughter who sang that song today. Why don't we give them a good amen today? Amen. 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 I don't know about you. I'm trying to kind of calm down. I was so excited to get here today. I'm just one of those folks, man. I'm like, David, I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go into the house of the Lord. I, I believe this is the day that the Lord has made. We ought to rejoice and be glad in it. I, I just want to thank you, Abundant Life, for the opportunity to, to come and just share a little bit uh, about God's goodness today. I had a tremendous time with you on last night, and I just want to affirm one particular virtue that you have. This has to be one of the friendliest churches I have ever set foot inside of. And it is amazing from last night to this morning that as I walked in the door and stand in the corridors, not only do the ushers greet you and shake your hand, those who are not on duty greet you and shake your hand, even the young people come and greet you and shake your hand. And I believe you ought to give yourselves a great amen for that today. There are churches that are known for a lot of things, but it's not always for their love. And I believe that is to be commended here today. I uh, just want to just say a word of affirmation about your pastor, Pastor Madden. Can you say amen? Amen. Uh, We have had a chance to partner together uh, for a few times now, and and it's been a privilege to see his ministry grow and his vision expand. And um, not only is he a tremendous visionary and teacher and preacher, he's just a really nice guy. Can you say Amen. And it's funny because, you know, for the job description of a pastor, being a nice guy is not in the job description. But it's good that you got a little ice cream on top of the cake. Can you say amen? We are we're thankful for his leadership, his spiritual direction, for he and his family. I had a chance to, to kind of give a little mentorship to their son, Daniel, who is studying for the ministry at Andrews. And he is a tremendous young person of God as well. Before we get into the Word of God, I do just want to just make one last acknowledgement of my lovely wife who is with me here today. Uh, God bless me real good. Um, Some people get a woman that just looks good, but ain't got no character. Some people get women who got character, but... They have to pray real hard. (laughs) But I got a double portion. Can I get a witness in this room? I got character and good looks. Um... (laughs) We've been walking together now for 10 years and, uh, one month and 12 days and about two hours and 22 minutes. Can I get a witness today? And, uh, every day with her gets a little sweeter than the day before. And, uh, to our union, God has added two, two fantastic children. Um, my daughter's seven months, you know, she has one little flaw, um, you know, as I was trying to prepare for the Word of God last night and this morning, she's very selfish. She didn't care at all that I had to get ready for the Word of God. So she just cried and cried and cried because she didn't understand that Daddy had to be about Father's business. So pray for her. Pray for her. Pray, pray for my daughter. She, she doesn't quite understand it just yet. Um, are we thankful that God has brought us to the end of another year? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Let, let me ask you this. How many of us kind of somewhere around thanksgiving early december you kind of thought to yourself i can't believe this year has gone by this fast Amen. doesn't it feel like we were just inaugurating the new year yesterday and and one of the things i've come to to learn is as time expires so quickly two things just one um there are certain things that god calls us to do and we say i'll kind of get to it tomorrow or next year And if you're not careful, those years will go by on you really quickly, and you'll never wind up accomplishing what God told you to do. And the second thing, when I think about how time can fly, is that before we know it, Jesus is going to be here. And some of us think that we have all the time in the world to get it right. I'll I'll get right when I get older. I'll get right next year. But one day, we're going to wake up to the sound of a trumpet and the shout of an archangel. And any decision left unmade will simply be unmade eternally. And so I want to suggest to somebody today that we make that decision today. Can you say amen? So having said all that, we want to jump into the word of God. I want to invite you to go with me, if you will, to the book of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. Now, I understand that you all, the leadership, or you all are having some activities this afternoon, and what I want to do is simply provide a spiritual impetus or a spiritual thrust for the things that Pastor Madden will be sharing with you this afternoon. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. When you have it, let me hear you say amen. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. Luke, the first chapter, and verse number 26. Amen. The Bible says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, and to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and that virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. And then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Today, saints, I just want to spend a little time talking about what happens when Jesus is growing inside of you. What happens when Jesus is growing inside of you? Let us pray together. Father in heaven, today we, we need a fresh outpouring of your holy spirit we we need a new encounter we we need a new experience something that revives something that illuminates something that transforms us and so father i'm asking that you would hide us in the cleft of the rock and permit your goodness to pass before us and allow us to behold as much of you as our eyes can stand to bear. And so, Father, I pray that as the instrument, the vessel, that you would hide me in the shadows of the cross, that Christ alone might be seen, heard, and that Jesus would receive exclusive praise. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, we offer this petition in the mighty name of Jesus. Let them that believe say together, amen amen and amen. One of the things we have tended to do for many generations is to romanticize things as it pertains to the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Even the cross in art and in film, they have a way of sanitizing the suffering of Jesus. Depicting a single stream of blood from his temple Along with tiny nail prints in his hands and in his feet And perhaps there is something about us That wants to remove the bloodiness from the cross For if his sacrifice is less horrible Then perhaps it makes our sin less offensive Even his birth scenes We have tended to look at them Through the prism of our yuletide cheer Our desire to feel warm and cuddly about the season has made us numb to the fact that even the birth of Christ was simply a foreshadowing of the suffering of Christ. You see, the last time I checked, there were no sterile instruments in a manger. There were no fur-lined stirrups in a barn. There were no desert epidurals, and there was no outdoor pitocin to move things along. Perhaps Mary's water breaks on the back of a donkey. And God the Father does not reserve a room for them at the Bellagio. They are turned away from the Weston. Even Motel 6 doesn't leave the light on for them. It borders on absurdity that the Son of God would be born in a manger where there are newly hatched maggots on top of molding slop buckets. Where the miasma of animal droppings is intermingled with the rotting remain of dead animals. And the only luminary assistance is a flickering candle that struggles to stay lit amongst the cold desert air. And it is in this place that the Son of God, that the Lord of Glory begins his ministry." And as we consider Jesus Christ, his birth, his life, his resurrection is well chronicled. But as I begin to contemplate this Christmas season, my mind begins to wonder what must it have been like for Mary to be pregnant with the son of God? What must it have been like to know you are carrying the God of the ages? What must it have been like to have Jesus growing inside of you? And I believe that that is relevant for us as a church for we too are to be carriers of Jesus. Can you say amen? We too are to let the world know what it means to have Jesus growing inside of you. And it's funny, in my imagination, I initially began to see a magic pregnancy with only warm sensation and good feeling, a pregnancy that was exempt from pain and discomfort. But understand, that does not line up with the Christ narrative. You see, Mary, just like most pregnant women, has frequent trips to the bathroom and early morning sickness before a painful delivery and even though Gabriel announces to Mary that she would become pregnant as a virgin she accepts the word by faith but guess what the first evidence that Christ is growing inside of her is a constant fatigue and a violent nausea and pain or swelling in her bosom or discomfort in her hips you see discomfort is the evidence that Christ is growing inside of her pain is the surety that something is happening on the inside. Let me suggest that the evidence that Jesus is growing inside of you is not a warm sensation, but the evidence that Christ is growing is not pleasure, but it is pain. In fact, I believe that we have used the wrong barometer to calculate spiritual growth. You see, some of us are under the illusion that if Christ is growing on the inside of us, that all of a sudden life would become easy and that all of a sudden people will like me and gravitate toward me, that marriage would become easy, that I can just reach up and blessings fall into my lap. We have come to believe that because all things work together for good, that all things would be good but understand that the evidence that Christ is growing is sometimes a healthy dose of suffering can you say amen? You see the problem with the church in our time is that we see pain as evidence that we are outside of God's will or that we are under God's divine judgment when in fact the exact opposite is the truth in fact I believe that sometimes your periods of prosperity is simply the devil's way of trying to lull you into a complacency where you don't really sense your need for God because God doesn't grow us always on the mountaintop but sometimes God grows us in the midst of the valley can you say amen and it's funny, man, because Mary begins to go through some pain because she reaches a point in her pregnancy where her bones become pliable and her ligaments begin to stretch and her uterus begins to expand. And that pain is evidence that her body is making room for Jesus to grow on the inside of her. And one of the things you got to know that some of the pains you're going through is God simply trying to stretch the annals of your heart so that Jesus... Jesus can have some room to grow. Are y'all with me today? The fact is that there are some of us, our lives have so much clutter that Jesus doesn't have any room to get on the inside. See, we're so cluttered with our cell phone alerts and our iPads and our baby mama drama and all the challenges of this life. And God is saying, I've got to stretch some stuff out in you. So I've got some room to grow on the inside of you. It's funny every now and then my wife will, will put one of my sweaters in the wash and and every now and then It'll stay in the dryer just a little bit too long And and when it comes out it won't fit me the same way it did before it went in and And it's a, sometimes it's a 2x, but it's fitting like an extra small And, and so I have to take it through a stretching process because ain't down with the tight shirt and the skinny jeans Can I get a witness in this room today? And, and, and so every now and then I've got to take the sweater through a stretching process process and if you looked at me from the outside it would look like I hated the sweater it would look like I'm abusing the sweater but I'm actually simply trying to enlarge the sweater so I can get inside of the sweater and God is simply saying to you I can't fit inside of you no more because there's so much clutter and I've got to stretch you and grow you so I can live inside of you can the church say amen today In other words, the evidence that Christ is growing is not always pleasure, but it is pain. And that's why when men would come to Jesus and say, I want to be your disciple, I want to roll with you, Jesus would take them through a very careful screening process. He'd say, be careful if you want to walk with me, because foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. When they would come and say, Jesus, I want to sit at your right and your left, he would say, can you drink from the cup? that I'm going to drink from and can you be baptized with the same baptism I have received in other words he's trying to let them know that if you roll with this posse there ain't no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow the story doesn't end with a a better than uh, ever ending he's trying to let them know that our uniform is not a crown but our uniform is a cross and there is no social security to depend upon you've got to live by faith can the church say amen and that's why Paul in Philippians makes such a powerful statement he says that I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable even unto his death y'all didn't hear it today Paul is saying I love Jesus so much that not only will I want to receive resurrection power I want to have fellowship dinner with his suffering he's saying I don't want to just stand with God in his glory saying I'll stand with him even in his pain and see the problem with us is that we love the part of Jesus that says we walk in the overflow and we'll be the head and not the tail we love to quote the text about how he provides but we hate the text that says think it not strange considering this triary trial that is trying you as though some strange thing is trying you are you hearing me today Bottom line is that we want a crown, but we don't want to have to go the way of the cross and understand that if you're going to walk with Jesus, you got to take everything that comes along with it. Can you say amen? Amen. A lot of times when I'm uh, doing premarital counseling, one of the things that happens in the counseling every now and then is that sometimes young couples don't realize that when you get married, there is no kind of my stuff and her stuff. Everything is joint. Come on and say amen. Amen. And so one of the things I try to teach them is that when y'all get married, there's no such thing as she versus me. There is simply one unit inside of the household. And so I try to let them know that if she's got money, then guess what? Y'all got money. And if he's got debt, then guess what? Y'all got debt. And if she got bad credit, guess what? Y'all got bad credit. And if she got kids, guess what? Y'all got kids. And what they want to do sometimes is take the good and compartmentalize the bad but I'm saying if you're going to be joined together then you got to take everything that comes along with it and if we're going to be in a marriage with Jesus Christ it is a good thing because guess what his power becomes my power and his righteousness becomes my righteousness and his mansion becomes my mansion but his persecution becomes my persecution and his cross becomes mine are y'all with me today And that's why Paul says, God, that this present suffering is not worthy to be compared with the eternal weight of glory that shall be revealed in us. It is a powerful statement that he is making. He's saying that even though we're going to go through some difficult things on this side, it's not even worthy to be compared with what we're going to receive on the other side. It is why he says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, and neither has entered into the heart of man that which God has as prepared for his children. I love how Ellen White paints the story of how the redeemed cross over to the other side and she talks about how we'll take a seven day journey on the way to glory. Are y'all with me today? And how we'll begin to rise from this earth and we'll begin to go through Orion's belt and as we get closer to that heavenly city, the redeemed of all the ages will begin to shout to the angels that keep the gates. We'll begin to say lift up your heads, oh ye gates and be lifted up ye everlasting doors and as the saints begin to march in she says the cry of the redeemed is that heaven is cheap enough in other words what she's saying is that when we compare what we received with the little that we had to go through what we received is so great that we'd be willing to go through it all over again just to receive what God has prepared for his children I remember one time when I was uh in high school, I had a little lawn business where I would kind of cut grass. And I remember one day my dad came to me and just said, you know, uh, we had an elderly person next to us, and, and he asked me to cut their grass for free, to just do it. And it's funny, when you're, when you're 16, you ain't trying to work for free. Can I get a witness? And, and so I went over there with an attitude, and I cut the grass. And, and because I couldn't really talk back, I missed some spots on purpose to try to, try to get back at him. And, and it's so funny because at the end of the cutting grass time, Uh, the old guy came out of the house and he gave me a fresh clean $100 bill And, and the amazing thing is that the thing that I was just complaining about because it seemed like it was too much when I saw the reward that I received I said when can I come back again and cut it for you are you hearing me today? In other words when I looked at the reward in comparison with the 20 minutes of work I was willing to go through it all over again and it seems like what we're dealing with is so much but it doesn't compare with what God God has prepared for his children and see the evidence that God is working in us beloved is not always pleasure it's not always prosperity but most times it is pain can I get a witness today when my wife and I got ready to first start trying to grow our family before we had our two healthy children, we actually had four miscarriages, four loss in miscarriages. And one of the ways my wife would always know there was a loss is that certain symptoms, the nausea or the swelling or certain pains would have gone away. And whenever those pains had gone away, she had known that something had stopped growing on the inside. And so it's funny because one once we got pregnant with my oldest son. We got to a place where we didn't despise the pain, but we began to rejoice in the pain because the pain was evidence that something was still growing on the inside. And so there would be days when she was throwing up on the commode. I'd be holding back her hair and saying, "Praise God from whom all blessings flow." There'd be days when she'd be running to the bathroom. I have both hands lifted up in the air. There'd be days where we rejoice at the pain because the pain meant life was still taking place. The pain was evidence of growth still going down. Are y'all with me today? So go back with me, if you will, here to Luke chapter 1 and verse 46. Luke 1 and verse 46. Hear ye the word of the Lord today. Listen to this thing. And Mary said, listen, Luke chapter 1, and actually we will start together at verse number 39. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For, as in, for indeed, as soon as the voice of the greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Now, it's amazing because Mary gets the word that Jesus is growing inside of her. So she goes down to her girl Elizabeth's house and she finds out that Elizabeth is pregnant as well. And it's amazing how men and women respond so differently to the same news. It's funny, when Mary finds out that Elizabeth is pregnant, and Elizabeth finds out that Mary is pregnant, they break out in their own little praise party right there in the house. I can see them where they slapping high fives and doing belly bumps in the living room. Babies are leaping Inside of the womb, they just rejoicing at the goodness of God. But did you ever notice that there ain't no recorded praise session about Joseph? <laughs> are y'all with me today? I mean, this is some rough news for Joseph to take in. Fellas, are y'all with me today? Joseph gets a word from the angel listen, your girl is pregnant, but the baby ain't yours. It is a child of the Holy Ghost. Brothers, can I get an amen on this thing today? And, and it's funny because Mary is a virgin. She's a virgin, which meant Joseph probably was one as well. And so Joseph now is like two month, two, uh, two, weeks away from being able to connect with his woman. Come on, brothers, say amen today. So I can see Joseph, man. joseph been pumping iron. He's been taking his ginseng. He's been doing his sit-ups. And now the angel says it's going to have to be nine more months plus eight weeks. Come on and say amen, brothers. I mean, his whole stuff gets interrupted by this announcement. But not only is his plans interrupted in the immediate, his plans are interrupted in the long term. You see, we have believed that Joseph was a carpenter by trade. But when you look at the uh, genealogy of Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, Joseph is actually from the house of Judah. He is the descendant of David and Solomon. He's got royal blood flowing through his lineage. And I'm not suggesting that uh, Joseph was supposed to be a king, but I am saying that Joseph came from money. In other words, Joseph was living on a track where he was destined to be a statesman for the nation. He was supposed to live in Jerusalem and run errands on behalf of the nation of Israel. And Mary was to be a Stepford wife, a soccer mom from the affluent suburbs. But now, because Jesus is growing inside of them, the entire trajectory of their lives begin to change. All of a sudden, they've got to go down to Egypt and hang out on the DL for a minute, and when they come back, he can't move into his palace in Jerusalem. He's got to go into the ghetto of Nazareth where he can hang off the radar, and his entire life plan gets thrown off kilter because Jesus is growing inside of her. Let me suggest today, beloved, that when Jesus is growing inside of you, one of the things that will happen is the plans of your life have to change, One of the things about humans is that as young people, we begin to plot out the courses of our lives. We set dates and give visions and our personal preferences and dreams. We've constructed how we want our lives to unfold. But somewhere along the line, we meet Jesus, don't we? And we find out that he has a purpose and he has a plan. And like Joseph, sometimes we've got to put aside our plans so that his purposes might prevail. There will be times where God purposes are going to trump your own purposes can you say amen? amen let me ask you the question has anybody's life in this room turned out exactly the way that you planned it can, can I get a witness that every now and then God will turn your plans upside down and your upside down plans right side up can you say amen, amen. there'll be times where you'll have some extra money that you are gonna put aside for yourself But then the Holy Ghost will tell you to sow a seed in somebody else's life. Do I have a witness today? There'll be times where you wanted a certain promotion, you wanted a certain job, but God told you to stay where you are because there's somebody on the job that needed to know who he was. He interrupted your plans. There are some of us that wanted to be married by now, with kids by now, but God said, there's some things that I can only work in your life. When you're not connected with somebody else, sometimes God has a plan and a purpose that is different from yours. Can you say amen? And this is why it takes faith to put our trust in God. Take your Bibles. Go to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 with me today. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Y'all don't mind if we get in the good book for a second today? Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 5. I want to take you through a couple scriptures today. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 5. When you have it, let me hear you say amen. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Come on and say amen. Go with me if you will to Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 9. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 9. Can we stay in the book for just a second? Proverbs 16 and verse number 9. When you have it, let me hear you say amen. Proverbs sixteen nine. The Bible says a man's heart Plans his way, but it is the Lord that directs his steps and, and see, what God is trying to say to us is you think you big and bad, you, you kind of think you got it all figured out, but even though you think you're planning your course, it is I who determines where you actually wind up. And see, and this is why it takes faith and a heavenly wisdom and a certain perspective to not become embittered by God interrupting you. In terms of God changing your course, sometimes transition can be painful. But you've got to look beyond the uncertainty and know that God has a purpose and a plan that is greater than anything that you could have ever chosen for yourself. Can anybody look back over your life and you saw where God interrupted you and at the time you thought it was bad, but when you look back on it, you realize that God was working it out for your good. Can you say amen? Listen, anybody just thankful that there are certain cars you didn't get because God knew a recession was coming and you wouldn't be able to afford it. You ought to thank God for certain promotions you didn't receive and you learned character on the rough side of the mountain. You ought to thank God that certain people did not propose. Come on and say amen. Anybody glad that certain people broke up with you? Come on and say amen. Listen, you might not be able to shout right now, but in about five years, you'll see he's still broke. She's still crazy. They ain't got no sense. You thought God was working against you, but somehow God was making it work out for you. God will work it out for his glory. Can you say amen? Amen. And it's amazing when God interrupts our lives, he fills our lives with sweet things and bitter experiences, but he mixes the bitter with the sweet. You see, you can probably look at me and tell that I like a little pound cake every now and then. (laughs) And it's funny because even though I like pound cake when it's formed, I don't like everything that goes into a pound cake. In other words, I would never eat flour by itself. And I would never eat a raw egg by itself. And I would never eat bacon soda by itself. And I would never eat vanilla extract by itself. But it's amazing how those things that don't taste good individually, when you put it in the same bowl and you begin to mix it all together, those things that don't taste good, but when you put it under some heat, make it taste good all of a sudden. And God is saying you've gone through some bitter experiences in your life. It didn't taste good, but when God mixes it all together, it works out for his glory, and your good. Are y'all with me today, church? In other words, God is going to interrupt us, and he's going to fill our lives with some stuff, but we got to be willing to take the journey by faith. Can I get a witness today? It's an amazing thing how scientists tell us how every year birds go south for the winter. Have you ever seen that before? Where when the cold air begins to hit and the seasons begin to change, how the birds begin to go south. And I've always wondered how they do that. I I thought that maybe God just put a GPS on the inside of them, and that's how they went south for the winter. But understand, when they go south for the winter, it is the ultimate journey of faith especially when they've never gone there before what they do is during the daytime they watch the rising and the setting of the sun and as they watch the sun it gives them some direction but once the sun begins to set and they can no longer see the sun they have to watch the stars and the stars give them a little direction and as they travel sometimes what will happen is they'll find a heat pocket a warm pocket of air and they'll follow that warm pocket of air to its further destination and eventually sometimes they'll run to a place where there's a coastline, there's some living water, and they'll follow the coastline south until they make it to where they're supposed to be. And no matter what happens, they never separate themselves from the flock. They always remain with the flock. And what I'm saying is that if you're going to take this faith journey, every now and then you're going to have to follow the sun. Come on and say amen. Amen. Not talking about the S-U-N, but the S-O-N and when you can't see the sun, you got to follow the stars because Revelation says the stars represent the angels and the angels will take you where you need to be and when you can't see the stars, you got to follow a heat pocket. You see John 3 says the wind represents the power of the Holy Ghost and when you can't see the wind you got to find some living water. It brings you back to Jesus again and no matter what happens, you got to stay with the flock. Come on and say amen. I'm talking about the church of the living God. There will be some times where you tempted to break away and do it on your own. You got to stay with the flock. Let the redeemed say amen today. And so because Jesus is growing inside of her, it is evidenced by pain. It interrupts their plans for their lives. But another evidence that Jesus is growing inside of her is eventually she reaches a point where she yields to the cravings of the baby. In other words, her appetite begins to change. There are some things that she used to be able to digest readily that she just can't stand the sight of anymore. In other words, her appetites begin to change because Jesus is growing on the inside of her. I wish y'all were with me today. You see, the fact is, not only is she disgusted by the things that she used to like, she now has an appetite for peculiar things that perhaps she's never even eaten before. And it's an amazing thing how when my wife was pregnant with our kids, you know, one of the things that she would do to trick me, brothers, come on and say amen, is every now and then she would wake me up and say, say, honey, the baby wants ice cream. (laughs) Or, or, Or the baby wants potato salad or... Or, or, or the baby wants something salty and and I can see Mary kind of waking up Joseph in the middle of the night and, and saying Jesus wants some lamb or or or, or 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 Jesus wants some corn or or Jesus wants some sardines are y'all with me in this thing today and, and so now she has to yield to the cravings of the one that is growing on the inside of her is there anybody that wants Jesus start growing on the inside of you your appetites begin to change the things that you used to love. You don't love them no more. And the things you used to hate, you now have an appetite because Jesus is growing on the inside of you. There's some things. It's an amazing how thing how it works in life where, where we spend so much time in the Christian walk where we're trying to modify our behavior. You see, there are a lot of us who are not converted. We just learn how to modify our behavior. I see the difference between conversion and behavior modification is behavior modification is based upon who's looking. But when you've been converted, it don't really matter who's looking because you're not concerned about your image. You're not worried about your persona. You're not concerned about what people are going to think. You were worried about your image and your character. Your image is what people think about you, but your character is what God knows about you. And what's going to come into the judgment is not the front you put on for people. What's going to come into the judgment is your actual character. Are y'all hearing me today? And 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 that's why, you know, when Jesus Christ is growing on the inside of you, you don't just change your behavior. All you got to do is let Jesus grow on the inside, and automatically your behavior is going to change. What God said is I'll put enmity between you and the serpent. Between your seed and his seed, what God will do, he's so powerful, is that if you let him grow on the inside, he'll make you allergic to sin. Can anybody look back over your life and just testify you've been delivered? There's some things you used to do that you don't do no more. Some places you used to go that you don't go anymore. Anybody in this room know what it means to be set free by the blood of the Lamb? You've been washed, and you've been delivered by him. And the reason those things which once seemed so appealing seem now distasteful is because you're walking in the light of deliverance. You see, what light does, light has a way of clarifying things. I don't know if you've ever had a situation where you kind of put together an outfit in the room where it wasn't great light, and it's funny how stuff that looks like it'll match in the darkness When you get outside in natural light, all of a sudden you're like, oh, snap, what did I got on today? Because light has a way of clarifying things. Are you with me today? I remember one time when I was about 16 years old, growing up in Tallahassee, one time we went to a concert. MC Hammer had come to town. MC Hammer, Oaktown 357. Oh, I see who the sinners are. I know who you are now. I know who you are. Uh, he had come to town, and what happened is, you know, it you know, wasn't sold out, so as kids, we were able to kind of get down to the stage, and they had this little area on the side where as kids, we could kind of dance and just be close to the stage. And it's so funny because there was this one girl that I was kind of clicking with. We were kind of dancing in the corner, and, and it was kind of dark. You know, there was flashes of light, but I couldn't see everything in the room. And, and, you know, she had a nice little style, and she seemed to be put together well, but she had this little high hairstyle where there was a flip that, like, covered all the face right here. And, and so, you know, we got to the point where the music was getting ready to die down. And, and all of a sudden, the lights began to come on. And, and all of a sudden, when the lights came on, an old girl began to smile at me. There was more space before her, between her teeth than there was supposed to be. In other words, man, this girl could floss with a shoestring. Are y'all with me in this thing today? And, and it's so funny because it looked good for a second, but when the light came on, Oh y'all, y'all acting too, too holy for me today. You've been in that situation before. Come on now. When well, the lights came on, and it's so funny because the light now, she may have been thinking the same thing about me. It's okay. But the light illuminated some things. And, and there are times where there are things that look so good, so appealing, so fantastic, until we saw that thing in the lights. Help me, Lord. <laughs> I love Jesus still <laughs> pray for me pray for me now now let me give some families a little hope in a reality check now Mary is carrying this baby ladies I-, I need you to testify be real be real first trimester morning sickness swelling discomfort but around the second third trimester Mary goes through a phase where the nausea goes away and she becomes hormonally charged Y'all scared. Y'all, y'all scared. I'm trying not to say she got, no, <laughs> I'll say it that way. She had an increased erotic pulse. Can I, can I get a witness today? Come on, sisters. Come on and say amen. Come on and say amen today. Where she gets about 25 weeks, brothers, come on and say amen today. And it's just kind of hard for her to keep her hands off Joseph. It, it is the good part of, of pregnancy where, where the brothers look forward to. Brothers, can I get an amen in this room? where where she is more positive to Joseph because of her pregnancy and because Jesus is growing inside of her, she is more attracted to her husband. When Jesus is growing inside of you, you become more loving towards your spouse. When Jesus is fulfilling you, you in turn are better able to fulfill the needs of the spouse God has given to you. You remember that marriage is first and foremost spiritual. And see, that's why when I hear people say, I've fallen out of love, that's actually code language to mean I've run out of Jesus Christ. You see, God is love. It sustained, It is sustained in him. It emanates in him. And only in if I am in a loving connection with Jesus do I find the love and patience and long-suffering to love my spouse in the way that God has ordained. And see, and that's why you got to be careful about saying, I can't take it anymore, or I feel empty inside, or my heart can't take it anymore, or I've fallen out of love. Eventually, you got to grow to a point where you don't allow your heart to lead you. The Bible says your heart will deceive you So you can't be led by your heart. You've got to lead your heart. And when there is a spiritual disconnect from God, the first place you're going to see it is in your relationship with those that need love from you, your spouse and your children. And see, some of us get deceived by saying, listen, I get along with my boss and I get along with my coworkers and I get along with folk at the gym and I get along with folk at church. I get along with everybody except my wife or my husband. That don't really matter because those relationships don't require that much love from you. And this is what you're going to learn. Oh, somebody hear the word of God. That the tenor and tempo of your home is going to directly reflect the worship activities of that day. So let me testify that when I connect with God and I have a powerful connection with him, I'm more patient toward my wife. I see more good things than I see flaws. I'm more forgiving. I am more loving. But when the heart is not covered by grace for the day, it becomes more critical, more self-just, more impatient, more selfish. And let me posit the reason you got to connect with God every day is because you only got about 24 hours of love inside of you. okay so that after that 24 runs out I got to go back to the source again and I got to get some more from the source who is Jesus Christ some of y'all looking at me like man I only got like 10 hours of love in me you got to go two or three times a day then come on and say amen you see marriage is first and foremost spiritual And if a person is not connected with the source, it doesn't matter how many marriage enrichment books you go to read, doesn't matter how many retreats you go to, doesn't matter how grand your vacations are, if you are not connected with the source, you will not have what you need to give to somebody else. I remember a couple uh, years back, I was during February and um, you know I was getting ready for the, the, the weekend that they have the NBA All-Star Weekend and what happened was you know, I, it was Sabbath and that Saturday night they have the dunk contest. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and so I remember we had AYS, I'm trying to rush AYS over, trying to get this thing done so I can go home and see the dunk contest and, and I go to see somebody at the hospital. I kind of pray fast at the end of that one so I can get home to see the dunk contest before it goes off and, and I get to the house and, and I kind of get right in my favorite couch and i got on my favorite sweatshirt and I, and i get the remote in my hand and i hit the remote but the television does not come on and, and so I check the remotes in the battery, put some new batteries in the remote, and I hit it again, and it still doesn't come on. And so I go in, and I'm, I'm agitated, and I go to the TV set, and I press the button, and it still doesn't come on. And so by this time, I've kind of lost my religion, and I'm shaking the TV and hitting that thing, trying to make it come on, and I'm doing all kind of stuff, and trying to do all kind of stuff to shake it, and, and make it, and try to force some screen, or picture on the screen. And my wife comes out and says, what are you doing? I say, baby, the TV's not working. She said, baby, just... Just look back there, it's not plugged in. <laughs> and, and, and what I'm trying to say to you, is, doesn't matter really what motions you go through, if you're not plugged into the source, you're not gonna be able to get anything to show up in your marriage. Can the church say amen? amen. Mary has Jesus growing on the inside of her. One of the other symptoms is that she has an increased blood flow to the skin that causes her to be hot all the time. You know, the average body temperature of a pregnant woman is almost 3 degrees hotter than the average person. See, when Jesus is growing inside of her, ooh, it makes her go from feeling cold all the time to hot all the time. See, when Jesus is growing on the inside of you, it increases your spiritual temperature you see and the heat on the inside affects the temperature on the outside so Mary and Joseph when they roll into a town and it's cold outside and everybody else is putting on coats and blankets and layers Mary's beginning to take stuff off because she's got something on the inside of her that's causing her to be warmed up there was a time where she had to snuggle up next to Joseph in order to get some of the heat from Joseph but because Jesus is growing on the inside of her she's pushing Joseph away she doesn't need anybody else to warm her up she's got something on the inside that gives her a heat internally. And what I'm saying to somebody today is you've got to grow to a point where you don't always need somebody to spiritually warm you up. You don't always need somebody to encourage you or to preach to you or to push you spiritually. But when Jesus is growing on the inside, your spiritual fever begins to go up because Christ is growing on the inside of you. And it's an amazing thing, how, but she gets to a place in the pregnancy where she gets to six months and seven months and nine months. And as she gets to the fullness of time, her water begins to break and contractions begin to ensue. And the baby Jesus that has filled her has filled her so much to a point that he can't be contained on the inside anymore. What is filled her on the inside is now coming out of her. And what I'm trying to say to somebody is that when Jesus is feeling on the inside of you, you reach a point where he can't stay on the inside, but almost involuntarily, Jesus starts coming outside of you. Anybody ever just got to this place in your life where you can't help but talk about the goodness of the Lord? Oh, y'all not with me in this church today, where you just realize that God has been so good to you. In other words, there was a time where you used to be ashamed to talk about God on your job and you used to be ashamed to talk about God at work and you used to be ashamed to talk about God uh, uh, around your friends. But now you're at that place where even though you kind of make it up in your mind, I'm not going to preach or I'm not going to talk about God, but before you know it. The name of Jesus is just fresh on your lips. Listen, how many of us have ever been in that experience where God has been so good to you when you were driving to work and that song got good and you were at that red light and before you knew it, both hands was lifted up in the air and at a red light, you were witnessing to the goodness of God. And what I believe is that God has been so good to us. Nobody ought not have to tell you to say amen. Nobody shouldn't have to tell you to shout. I believe God should have to put a muzzle over some of our faces to keep us from proclaiming the good thing That God has done for us. And as Mary now gets ready to conceive the child Jesus, what God does through the Spirit is the Spirit travels the same path that human reproduction usually goes through. In other words, through natural human production, what happens, stay with me, church, is that once the sperm comes forth from the male, it goes from the cervix. And one of the things you got to realize is that it is a matter of timing. Can you say amen? And the other thing about an egg is that it cannot fertilize itself. And so what happens is that all the tiny sperm begin to race through the cervix, through the fallopian tube, and they go through the dark places of the woman. And once they reach the place where the egg is, they confront a hard outer shell on the egg and they begin to burrow their way on the inside. And whichever sperm gets there first, once the sperm fertilizes the egg, it induces a chemical reaction that kills all the other sperm that we're trying to get on the inside. Oh, y'all not with me today. And that same moment, what happens is the Spirit of God overshadows Mary, and the Spirit begins to travel the same path that the sperm usually takes. And it goes down through the cervix, and it travels through the fallopian tube, and the Spirit gets there to the hard outer shell. But the good thing about the Spirit is that it does not give up because there's a hard outer shell. But the Spirit of God knocks on the door, and it burrows its way in, and it goes in and fertilizes that egg that could not fertilize itself and what i believe that the holy ghost does for us is that the holy ghost comes on the inside it travels through the dark places of our heart but understand the holy ghost ain't traveling alone it's got a competitor the seed of the serpent is coming down the same path and they're both attacking the same heart and the spirit reaches the hard outer shell but how many of us are glad that he doesn't give up on us That he didn't go away because he had to work, but he kind of worked his way in, and he dug his way in, and he fertilized the heart. And that same work that the Spirit does is it ignited something on the inside that killed the work of all the competition that was trying to get to the same place. In other words, the Spirit of God is what creates a spiritual rebirth in the lives of god's children how many of us believe the word of god today so as i'm closing this thing out today i want somebody to realize that what god wants to do is he wants to create a spiritual rebirth in our lives the spirit of god is going to overshadow you spirit is going to travel through the dark places of the heart and realize this heart cannot change itself cannot fix itself It's got to be confronted by something on the outside to do for it that which it cannot do for itself. And it reaches kind of that hard outer shell of the heart. It burrows its way in and it creates a new birth experience for the sons and daughters of God that cannot be accomplished through willpower, that cannot be accomplished through behavior modification. It cannot be accomplished by human righteousness. It is the invisible work of the Holy Spirit and what Jesus Christ does for Mary it is simply a foreshadowing or a parable of the conversion process where the spirit of God ignites life in the human heart so that Jesus Christ can grow on the inside of us how many of us believe the word of God today and the funny thing about it is that there's many of us that are in the way who are kind of thinking to ourselves you know I just need to kind of Become a better version of myself. Many of us are thinking, I just need a little improvement. Some of us are thinking to ourselves, I need to just grow a little bit in this area. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, you must be born again. The Bible says, you've got to be born of the Spirit. And you've got to be born of the water. And what God did for the Virgin Mary was simply a foreshadowing of what God wants to do for each and every one of us. How many of us desire that new birth experience in Christ? If that's your desire today, I invite you to stand to your feet this morning. This have to do. And I just want to reiterate a couple of things that when Jesus Christ is growing on the inside of you, when God does his special work, that special work is not always accompanied by just great sensation and walking in overthrow and, and blessings falling out of the sky but sometimes the first evidence is not a warm feeling sometimes it is pain it is God taking us through hardships and adversity second thing that God does when he's growing inside of you is he interrupts our plans and there's somebody that's looking over your life and saying man I'm just not where I thought I should be I'm not where I hope that would be, I, it just feels like I'm off schedule. What I actually want to announce to somebody is you're actually right on time. You're right where God has ordained you to be. He simply interrupted where you thought you were supposed to be so he could place you where he wanted you to be. When God grows inside of you, what happens are your appetites begin to change. There are some things you used to like that you just can't stomach anymore. And it gives you some peculiar appetites for things that the world finds distasteful. You develop an appetite for the Word of God and an appetite for the house of God and for the service of God. You develop an appetite for the things of God. Your appetites begin to change. And one of the most important things is when Jesus is growing inside of you, this greatest evidence. You can love your wife, husbands, like Christ loved the church you don't see her flaws, but you see her strengths. You can serve your husband and look out for his good. And you're not out to outdo him or, or, or subdue his authority, but you're willing to stand by his side through the good times and the bad times. When Jesus is growing inside of you, you reach a point where you just have a spiritual heat that erupts from the inside. And lastly, when Jesus is growing inside of you, what's on the inside just automatically starts coming on the outside. I don't know about you, I want Jesus to grow inside of me. So, right now, if that's your desire, every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I wanna make two specific appeals. There's somebody today that has been around Jesus, somebody who has been around spiritual things, but you've never really, truly had the Spirit of God overshadow your heart. Spirit of God has never gotten past the hard outer shell. Spirit of God has never created a new life experience for you. And you've been around church and been around truth and been around religion and you want to simply say I kind of want more than just the form. I need that new birth experience. Right now just raise your hand wherever you are. Just simply say I want that new birth experience to start on the inside of me. Put it up, put it down. Put it up, put it down. And lastly, my last appeal is for somebody today. Some brother, some sister that has seen how quickly the years have gone by. You see how quickly the years have gone by. And you've been thinking to yourself, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get back in church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept Jesus Christ. And and one year comes and another year comes and another year comes and another year goes and another year comes and another year goes. And And what's happening is you have allowed the hard outer shell of the heart to resist the invisible power of the Holy Ghost. And God is saying to somebody today, you need more than improvement. You got to be born again. You got to be born of the spirit and you got to be born of the water. And maybe there's somebody today that simply wants to say, I want that new birth experience to the point that I want to join God's church. I I need to dedicate my entire life to him. I I need to be baptized. I want to become a member of this church. And if that's your desire today, my brother, my sister, son, daughter, boy, girl, you want to receive the Spirit of God through baptism. You want to become a member of God's church. You want to become a member of this flock. If that's your desire, I just want to invite you wherever you are to step out of your aisle, come down to the front and give me your hand and give Jesus Christ your heart today. If that's your desire, just step out of your aisle, Terry neighbor, excuse me. I want to receive Jesus Christ. And God is saying in order for that to happen, You got to start looking at the world in the light of deliverance. You got to come to a place where you see this wonderful light, this wonderful light that makes everything fall in its perspective. If that's your desire today, just step out of your aisle. Come down and give me your hand. Give Jesus your heart. You want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? You want to come to Jesus Christ for the first time? Maybe there's somebody today that wants to come back to the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to make your home in his kingdom. You want to receive him back today. Why don't you come? Man, woman, boy, girl, just tell your neighbor, excuse me. Come give me your hand. Give Jesus Christ your heart. That's your desire. Just come. Praise God for this family of young ladies coming down to Jesus Christ today. God bless you, little sister. Praise God for you. Put your hands together for these ladies who receive Jesus Christ today. There's somebody else today. You want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. You want a new birth experience. That's your desire. Just tell your neighbor, excuse me. Just step out of your aisle. Come give me your hand. Give Jesus your heart. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? Will you receive him today? Will you receive him? Will you receive him? There's somebody who's saying, Pastor, I want to come. This is what you're thinking. I want to come, but I got to get some stuff right first. I got to change some stuff first. That's not how it works. You don't change stuff. God bless you, young brother. You don't change stuff, then come. You simply have to come as you are, and God does the changing on the inside of you. You got to let Christ do the growing on the inside. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? Why don't you come? Why don't you come? Why don't you receive the Lord Jesus Christ today? Man, woman, boy, girl, just tell your neighbor, excuse me. Come give me your hand. And give Jesus your heart. Why don't you come today? Why don't you come? Why don't you come? Why don't you come? Right now I'm about to pray. And everybody's bowing, eyes closed. I'm ask my musicians if you could take it down real low for me. Take it all the way down for me. I'm going to ask you one last question before we close. One last question. One last question. It is really the only question in the world that matters. Bring it down for me. Bring it down for me. If at this moment, if at this moment, your heart was to beat its last, And you fell asleep if at this moment your heart was to beat its last and you fell asleep and the next time you open your eyes would you be opening up your eyes to see Jesus in peace in the first resurrection or would you see Jesus in judgment in the second resurrection are you completely ready for Jesus to come now The reason I asked you that question is because your response to that question said a lot. If when I just said to you, Jesus is about to come, and your heart skipped a couple of beats, you became a little nervous or anxious, it is because there is uncertainty about your internal eternal salvation. It is because you have unfinished spiritual business that remains. It is because you simply are not sure. So that when you hear say Jesus is coming again you don't get excited, you kind of get a little scared. Because you know that you've not really made the ultimate decision. You've not made the complete choice. And my invitation today is simply make sure that this day as we end this year that you leave sure. Leave very sure that your anchor holds and grips a solid rock. And so today, you want to make that decision to say, I receive him. I am leaving sure. Maybe you've been in church or around church, but you realize I need to do some rededication. I need to get in some Bible studies. I need to learn what it is I believe. If that's your desire to leave sure, I need you to step out of your aisle. Come down to the front. Give me your hand. Give Jesus your heart. God bless you, brother. There's somebody else want to leave sure leave very sure. God bless you. There's somebody else you want to leave sure. God bless you, sister. Somebody else you want to leave sure. Just tell your neighbor, excuse me. I ain't got time to be worried about what somebody's going to think, what somebody's going to say. They don't have a heaven to give. They don't have a hell to take away. I just got to leave sure. If that's your desire, just tell your neighbor, excuse me. I want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't you come? 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 Don't you come? Doors at church are open why don't you come receive him God bless you sister come on down that's a good decision that's a good decision that's a good decision God bless you brother come on down that is a great decision that is a man's decision right there that's a man's decision to come and receive Jesus Christ as your own God bless God bless you brother God bless you sister come on down I know there's some men in this room see eventually let me just say to my brothers real quick eventually what a man does a man makes a decision to be separate from the crowd eventually a man doesn't have to get somebody's consent eventually a man says I'm going to stand on my own two feet if there's another man or two some young brothers in this place that need to simply say I need to get it right with God I need to get in a living connection with him why don't you come why don't you come come on brother why don't you come God bless you young man once you receive the Lord Jesus Christ God bless you spirit of God is moving and bringing salvation to this place come on down come on down come on down oh God bless you brother come on down come on down God bless you brother come on down doors of the church are open. Come on down. Is there another young man today that needs to simply say, I want to leave sure? And this is the thing, brothers. It's so funny. When we in the world, we so hard in the world. We so bold in the world. We even bold in our dirt and in our foolishness. If you can be bold in humiliating yourself, Be bold in standing for Jesus Christ today. Come on, brother. Come on down. Bring your woman. Bring your kids. Bring your family to Jesus Christ today. Why don't you come? Sister, today the doors of church are open. This sermon spoke to you more than spoke to anybody else. Jesus wants to grow inside of you. Why don't you come? Why don't you come and receive him today? Doors of the church are open. Come on in. And stop saying, I got to fix it. I got to do this. No, that's not how it is. You just come as you are. You just come as you are. God says, all that come unto me, I will in no wise cast them out. I will in no wise cast them out. You ain't got to get it right. You just got to make the right decision to receive him today. Why don't you come? Come on, young person. Why don't you come? We're going to pray in just a moment. But I just want to give a few more people an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ, to have this born-again experience. Why don't you come? Somebody needs to be baptized. Somebody needs to get in some Bible study. Somebody needs to be rededicated. If that's you, just come. Just come. Just come. Just come. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Doors of the church are open. Come on in. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed. It's amazing how we're bold in the things that we should be ashamed of and timid in the things we ought to be bold about. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Just come. Receive him. It is the free gift of salvation. You don't have to earn it. You just receive it by faith. Why don't you come? God bless you, young person. Why don't you come? Let's pray. Father God, again, we thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for the love that you bestowed upon us and that you permitted your son to come into this world. And we thank God for the word that lets us know that you sent not your son to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so, Father, we thank you for the assurance that if we confess the Lord Jesus Christ with our mouths and we believe with our hearts, then we shall be saved. And so, Father, I just want to pray, stand in the gap for those that have come. I am praying right now that the power of the Most High would descend upon them and that the Spirit would just begin to move into the dark places of the heart. And where there is a hard outer shell, I'm praying that you would invade the heart to fertilize and give a new life experience to awaken us spiritually, to quicken us, to give us power to live and prove your power and your might. May we be living epistles of your grace. May we be living containers of your mercy. May we be that which stands between a world gone awry and your soon coming return, that we would be able to give a message of hope and warning to those that are in darkness. And so, Father, I'm praying that all of us, no matter how long we've been in the church, that you would give us more light to illuminate the blind spots in our characters that we would be able to see the more excellent way that you have for us. And so, Lord, I'm praying that your blessings will be upon this church. May your blessings be upon this pastor. We're praying that you would do a new and powerful thing for the leadership of this church. May Jesus grow inside of each one. This, O oh God, is our prayer and our plea. We ask it in the blessed name of Jesus, our Lord. Let them that believe say together, amen. And amen. Those of you who come down, you've wanted special prayer or baptism. Is there.